Ba 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 ba. I'm loving it. I don't know why I had the McDonald's jingle stuck in my head. What is up, freaks? It's your boy Marty Bent here to introduce this episode of Rabbit Hole Recap. Very high quality, dense rip between Matt and I. I think you guys are going to like it coming to you a day early on Wednesday this week. Next week, it's going to be coming at you on Wednesday as well. Sorry for the schedule change over the course of these two weeks. Uh, just had to make it work. We're going to show up a day early. Look at it that way. Then we'll be back to our regular scheduled programming the week after that. This trip is brought to you by our good friends at the motherfucking Cash App. Cash App's what you stack sats, send sats, receive sats, sell sats, if you so please. We're saying sats, 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 sats. Sats, 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 sats. Because sats for the stairs. 100 million sats and one whole Bitcoin. Let's stack a whole Bitcoin. You don't have to stack a fraction of a Bitcoin. You can stack whole sats instead. Cash App makes it very easy. You can DCA in the sats. That's dollar cost average. You set it and forget it. You pick whether you want to buy daily, weekly, or bi-weekly. You pick an amount and Cash App just sits in the background and stacks sats for you. You can set it and forget it, like I said. Cash App can even be your bank account. They're offering account numbers and routing numbers that will allow you to direct deposit your paychecks into the Cash App. It can become your new bank. They've got their boost program, their debit card, the whole shebang. Go check it out if you haven't already. Use the code stacking sats when you download the Cash App. That's S A. That's not S A. It's S T A C K I N G S A T S. You're gonna get ten dollars, and ten dollars gonna go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. Owls Lacrosse. This rip was also bright. I can't speak ever, but especially today. Brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. Unchained Capital is here with a new website. Got to get used to it for the ad read. It's not unchained-capital.com. You can go there. It'll redirect you to their new website, which is just simply unchained.com. U-N-C-H-A-I-N-E-D.com. <laughs> when you go to unchained.com, you're going you're gonna to learn all about their their product suite, which includes their their Vault, which allows you to set up a two or three multi-sig where you hold two keys, Unchained holds one key. Uh, you can always move your keys out of this multi-sig address by yourself since you have the two keys. However, if you're ever in a pinch, Unchained is there with that that key. That could be the second in the two or three signature scheme needed to move your UTXOs. The point I'm trying to make here is that this is an incredible product. I use it myself. I recommend it to anybody who's looking for some collaborative custody partners. Unchained is the team I trust the most in the space by far, and they're here to help you do this as well. And they have a white glove concierge service. If all these words I've been saying are foreign to multi-sig, vault, uh, keys, signatures, wallets, all that stuff. Unchained Capital has a white glove concierge service that'll take you from zero to having a multi-sig vault set up with a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats in it in no time. Here's how it works. You sign up for the service. Uh, you're going to get multiple video calls. They're going to get you comfortable. They're going to help you realize why. Uh, you want to get your sats in a multi-sig wallet to help reduce single points of failure, which could be represented by third-party custodians that hold your Bitcoin on behalf of you. And therefore, you don't really own your Bitcoin. You own a claim on Bitcoin until you move that Bitcoin into a personal wallet that you control. You don't really have control over that. So that's a single point of failure. Another one is, they, they would argue, and I would too, uh, a single uh, a single key wallet backed by one pre- passphrase. If you lose that, or excuse me, seed phrase, if you lose that 
hardware wallet and that seed phrase, you're shit out of luck. So help distribute that risk, set up a multi-sig wallet. Again, this may seem foreign to you. Unchained is going to make it seem very simple to you. They're going to have multiple video conference calls explaining what multi-sig is, why it's important, how their vault product works specifically. Uh, they're going to send you hardware wallets, teach you how to set them up, create private public key pairs, uh, and, and secure those those private public key pairs. And then when you're comfortable enough, you're going to set up your vault. And again, you're going to dump they're going to dump a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats in it in this package. Tell them the TFTC sent you. You're going to get fifty dollars off. They also just rolled out, brought brought on and rolled out. They brought on Jeff Vandrew and rolled out a new IRA product. They they, they absorbed Jeff Vandrew's Keykeeper IRA product. They're they're offering that now. So they're they're adding retirement services into their suite. Uh, again, I, I can't speak highly enough of this company. I love them to death. Go check them out at Unchained. Dot com. Again, tell them TFTC sent you if you're going to set up a vault for $50 off that process. And if you're just interested, just to learn more, they're offering free one-on-one consultations to help you learn more about these products as well so you don't have to spend money to interact. Uh, ooh, this rip was also brought to you by good friends at Brains, brains, brains is here to bring you freaks firmware. Many things, many things. Brains is a company behind Slush Pool. It's the oldest running mining pool in the world, founded in 2010 with over 1.25 million bitcoins mined in its lifetime. They've been operating Slush Pool since 2013 and are working on improvements such as the big upgrade they had earlier this summer, which includes ultra-flexible payouts that can be either time-based or threshold-based, mining reward splitting for automatically distributing rewards to multiple wallets, and of course, Dark Theme. Brains is a Bitcoiner company through and through, and they're working on some of the most unique and cutting-edge projects in the mining industry, including Brains OS Plus auto-tuning firmware and Stratum V2, the mining pool protocol. And they're hiring top echelon team to be a part of. I would love to be a part of this team if I could actually write any code that that people would people would run if you're a rust developer systems programmer or if you have experience with embedded devices there may be a place for you to join the team at brains check out brains it's b-r-a-i-i-n-s.com slash careers to see open positions and submit an application as for the big question when what's minor the answer is still soon tm but the team is making steady progress and brains os plus is running smoothly on some machines in the brains offices meanwhile jan who was on TFTC episode 73 with Pavel, who's their, their co-CEOs, co-founders of Brains. Uh, and Jan actually was on last week's episode of Citadel Dispatch, dropping some high, pure alpha. Go check that out as well. Jan's been grinding away at adding support for the Antminer X19 generation. Is now progressing into private testing. That means at least some models for the X19 generation will be supported before what's miners. But no exact ETA yet on the public release. Currently supported devices of Brains OS Plus are the Antminer S9, S9i, S9j, as well as the S17, S17 Plus, S17 Pro, T17, T17 Plus, and the models added earlier this summer, the S17e and T17e PSA. Brains OS Plus is compatible with any mining pool. You don't have to point your hash at slush pool if you use the firmware. It's a big misnomer, or big misunderstanding out there. People think that you run Brains OS Plus, you have to point it at slush pool. You don't have to. You can point it at any pool you want. But if you do... Point your hash at slush pool. You're going to get 0% pool fees. If you want to get unique insights on the Bitcoin mining industry, along with updates on Brains OS Plus, Stratum V2, and other 
Brains Projects, check out the Brains blog at brains, B-R-A-I-I-N-S dot com slash blog and follow the lesser known at Brains underscore systems Twitter account where the team is posting deep dive threads on various mining topics. Last but not least, this rip was brought to you by good friends at Compass Mining. Compass Mining. Welcome to the, the RHR slate. Welcome. Compass Mining is here to get more individuals into the mining world. They want more individual ownership of hash rate. And they're doing this by offering the ability for individuals to go to compassmining.io, pick a miner model, buy that miner model, find a hosting facility with competitive electricity prices, get that hosting facility to plug in the miner that you own and plug it in and start having hash sent to a pool that will then send you sats for pr- providing hash to that pool. The point I'm trying to make is Compass Mining is making it easier for individuals to get into mining. You can get cheap electricity with their hosting partnerships, but they also just launched uh, their mining at home um, product as well. They launched it literally this week. Uh, let me pull it up real quick. At home mining, direct to consumer. You pick the miner. They're going to uh, they're going to have support for you as well. So you can, you pick your model, you get a sent to you if you're comfortable plugging it in and you have what you deem to be competitive electricity costs. Or you don't even worry about the electricity costs. So you just want to dollar cost average into sats anonymously or pseudo anonymously. Um, you can do that at home and guess what? Compass is going to make that easy for you. They're going to have support for you too. If you, you are a complete noob and you're buying this mine, you're like, what the hell do I do with it? With this, direct-to-consumer hardware-only sales at-home mining, uh, you're going to have a support line there. They're going to be able to say, hey, here's, here's what you plug in. Here's what your voltage needs to be. Here's what your electrical infrastructure needs to look like. Here's how you hook up to the internet. Here's how you point your hash at a pool. Here's where you tell that pool to send the sats that, that you're mining. It's a beautiful thing. Go check all this out at compassmining.io. C-O-M-P-A-S-S-M-I-N-I-N-G dot I-O. And enjoy this rip, freaks. Love all y'all. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Matt, I just ninja launched a recording on you. After you fixed your mic, you're coming in loud and clear. Here's the alpha for... Remember the good old days when we used to record in person and you just... We would just be having some kind of random conversation and you just press the record button on me. I think like the first like 40 or so rabbit hole recaps were just ninja launched on Matt. It's the... Uh, God, I missed that. You're going to have to move to Austin so we can do that again. And yeah. I haven't even set up the live stream, so the recorder guys are going to get a lot of alpha. Here's... Here's Marty, Marty's alpha, so much alpha for the recorded stream that the live stream will not get. Uh, I do not believe that we have hit peak clown word world yet. I, uh, I misspoke. You said that last week, though. I misspoke. I misspoke. I'm retracting. Okay. If you're going to retract that, I we've done rabbit hole recap for three years, and my confusion between Nikki and Cardi is the most shameful moment I've ever had on the show. So <laughs> I will humbly apologize to all the freaks that were... We're ashamed for me.
Well, as a New Yorker, you, you'd expect. I know. It's really bad. I don't want to talk about it. I've thought about it all week. I don't need to talk about it now. There's your alpha. All right. There's your alpha. Matt, sorry about Nikki and, uh, and Cardi B. And we're going live. And we are live. What is up, freaks, on the live stream? Welcome back to Rabbit Hole Recap. A day early this week and a day early next week. Matt and I were just disgusting. Disgusting. We were discussing how disgusted we are that we have to do this Wednesday two weeks in a row. Uh, Wednesdays are good days. Wednesdays like are good days. Yeah, it's not Bitcoin Tuesday. It's not Thursday. I, I just like Thursday because it feels like there's like a nice news buildup. Everybody announces everything right after. All. Yeah, we trained all the projects to uh, announce before the Thursday rips. Yeah, no. No, Thursdays are definitely ideal, but the most important thing is that we get them out every week, I think. so. Agreed. Agreed. And there's uh, going to be no dispatch on Tuesday either, for what it's worth. What? Week. We'll what? return back to our scheduled programming the week after that. Yeah, I'm all out of wax here. Right before we went on, when we went live and started recording, my my browser on my computer that I that I used to check everything just stopped working. Brave apparently doesn't work with the the latest version of Mac um, OS. I guess I just can't use Brave. Maybe I need to download a new version of Brave. I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, and then before that, let's talk a little life here. I had an hour and a half session with a prospective daycare for my son this is intense the 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 competition to get children into daycare let alone school uh in the austin area seems to be pretty insane uh, first like it's hard for you to get them in the ones you want to get them yeah into. like even to get on list or they, they're calling them pools now not list i well, uh, just hope they don't listen to the podcast that's what, literally <laughs> that's what i wanted to bring up i'm like <laughs> fuck these people are not like they're not going to pick up when i'm putting down on the airwaves i don't think and i hope they don't find the airwaves i I, well like the host of jeopardy uh got canned because like eight years previously on a podcast he said a bunch of comments and i just immediately i was like fuck man like there's i don't know (laughs) we're not gonna be able to ever hold a a normie job hey trouble with daycare we're gonna have trouble with private schools until like, until we pass, you know, hyper Bitcoinization, then it'll be a positive. Hey, I found my way onto a board of a publicly traded company somehow, despite all of this. There you go. That's the part you mentioned at the interview. Yes. Yes, I'm on a board. Please, please allow my son to be educated <laughs> within your walls. It's intense, man. This is like the weird. I guess I'm learning. I'm a new parent, relatively new. How is there? I thought Austin was supposed to be the Bitcoin city. How is there not like a Bitcoin or run daycare over there? Well, it's not a daycare and it's not really Bitcoin or run, but uh, there is a very, very, I don't want to say prestigious school, but a school with a curriculum that I think we would like that. I believe they, they follow the, uh, the path of Alexander the Great and attempt to teach children using that structure that Alexander the Great followed. And I think... I don't think they have grades or anything. I think as soon as your your child can start reading, they can um, get into that. that as soon course. as your st- your child starts conquering small countries, they've graduated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think. No, that sounds awesome. I hear a lot of Bitcoiners are sending their school there. Their, their school, school. Their, their kids there. It's early. I just. But uh, it, 
if you're a Bitcoin in the Austin area and you want to stack some sats, you know, consider consider running a daycare. Right. Like I was like, that's what I'm thinking. I was like, shit, man. If these luckily it's my wife doing a lot of the forward uh, facing uh, conversations with these people. Hopefully I can hide in the background and sneak our way in. Um, once we're in, then I'm just going to start orange billing people. Uh, I love it. That was, that was personal talk. What, what, uh, what, where, where are you today? So this is it a different Airbnb? It is a different Airbnb. You don't have an, you don't have an ornate, uh, mirror behind you with with i have a better view in this direction but it is a good view it would die looking at the i'm looking at the water yeah it's uh it's beautiful where you are that nomad lifestyle ah where do we start today where do we start we should probably start at clark's dashboard but like i said my uh browser is not working so i don't have any of my bookmarks so i have to google this real quick clark moody dashboard uh, the current price of Bitcoin is $43,305. A little dip this week, freaks. Just a little bit. Just a small 12% day. <laughs> just, just a small dip. Uh, maybe we'll cover that uh, after we get past, <laughs> past the dashboard. One cuck buck is going to get you 2,309 sats. Uh, the current market cap of Bitcoin, if that's even a metric we want to follow. I don't know what the White Claw metric is. Clark hasn't added it to the dashboard yet. But <laughs> what the fuck, Clark? Currently, it's been a week. Eight hundred fifteen point one billion cuck bucks uh, is the market cap of Bitcoin. We are thirty three point two percent below the all time high of sixty four thousand eight hundred forty dollars. We're currently at block height seven hundred one thousand seven hundred eight. Oh, we're seven blocks away from seven hundred one seven hundred one. Not significant. I love how they're just all the arbitrary <laughs> numbers. We can celebrate a different one every week, right? We had 701, 701 earlier today, freaks. Go celebrate. Uh, we're currently... We had a difficulty adjustment yesterday, I believe. Yeah, we're... Yeah, we did. Eight, and it was an upper adjustment of 3.2%. That is because blocks were coming in at 9 minutes and 46 seconds on average, which is 14 seconds quicker than the 10-minute block target, block production target currently... Uh, obviously, it's very early on in this difficulty epoch. We're a thousand eight hundred seventy-six blocks away from the next adjustment, and currently, the the that adjustment's estimated to be negative ten point nine percent. Blocks have been coming in at eleven minutes and thirteen at, seconds on average since uh, the adjustment yesterday. Take that number, ten point nine percent downward difficulty adjustment. The grain of salt, obviously, the uh, the estimates close to the last adjustment sort of skew um, or don't paint the, the yeah the closer the it is the less accurate the estimation is yes um so we're only a hundred and i'd be very surprised if we had double digit difficulty down adjustment yeah we're, only, we're 130 blocks away from yesterday's adjustment so it's not even a day's worth of yeah of data. Um, what else? Where are we here? There are 5,922 transactions in Clark's mempool. It's not a lot. It's a third of what it has been the last few weeks. One sat per byte. Transactions are going to get through. Uh, and Samurai, I think this is like exactly static week on week. 4,096.61 BTC in unspent capacity. They hit the all time high this week. Did they? Yeah. I don't know if it dropped back down. Certainly in Sats, probably not in Cockbox. Oh yeah, not in, not in Fiat, in Bitcoin. 
Cuck bucks, it's 177.5 million. Cuck bucks. Locked up in unspent capacity. Yeah, we had a big correction this week. Looks like uh, there is something going on in the Chinese real estate market. Uh, I'm sure many of you freaks are aware at this point in time. Uh, I don't believe it's the largest. I believe it's one of the top three Evergrande, Evergrande. I don't know how to pronounce it. I've only read it. I haven't heard people talk. I haven't watched any news on it. But the way I understand it is they have a massive debt exposure to the tune of like $300 billion. They have $300 billion in liabilities and uh, they are in danger of going bankrupt. They cannot pay back the loans that they've taken out to banks and they're starting to miss payments. And this is causing uh, a mini contagion within the real estate development market, specifically within China. And the overarching question with this particular situation is, is the... CCP going to step in and bail out this real estate development market? Are they not? If not, what are the repercussions? There's many people who believe that like Tether owns a lot yeah, of Yeah, what the fuck is that? I, I don't know. It's like one of the... You got to love when our, our conspiracy theorists uh, overlap. Yeah. It's like, of course, Tether came out and officially said they didn't own any Evergrande uh, paper. Just, just think about like... Just think about it. If you're one of these conspiracy theories, like why would like a tether, which has the eyes of every regulator in the world and every conspiracy theorist who thinks it's uh, a, a house of cards, if they had the money to 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 acquire assets to, to underlie the tether backing, why would they ever buy paper debt in a Chinese real estate developer? Yeah, I mean it was funny because like the. The real conspiracy has always been that they back it with Bitcoin, mm-hmm. which I don't actually really doubt. Like that makes sense. Like if you're, you know, running multi-billion dollar currency and you need to back it and you have issues with the US government and banking, like Bitcoin's the ideal thing to hold. Um, but yeah, Chinese real estate paper doesn't make much sense. Uh, I'm curious, was Evergrande exposed a lot to Hong Kong? Because I mean, they just... The CCP like completely destroyed the most. Uh, I shouldn't be laughing. It's really a tragedy. Destroyed one of the most um, valuable real estate markets in the world over the last two years. Couldn't help. Well, I don't think they have direct exposure. They're Shanghai or another Chinese property. I'm reading a Kyle Bass. Yeah, but there's definitely Chinese investors who invested think, in Hong Kong real estate. I mean, there's yes. global investors that invest in Hong Kong real estate. There a lot of nuance here. So uh, before China Bingo. took over Hong Kong, uh, obviously you can own private property in Hong Kong. In China, I don't, I don't think you're actually allowed to own private property. So there's like, I believe Evergrande is predominantly developing real estate in China and, and not Hong Kong. Uh, I think they might have Hong Kong exposure to Hong Kong banks and probably took out some debt from Hong Kong banks. I'm speaking out of my ass right now, but it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> the it's an interesting story, right? Because they they uh, I mean these ghost cities, the stories of Chinese ghost like this should have been some. This is something that you could have called from ten miles away. Like if you understand the history of these, Chinese- it's been obvious, but the timing is not hasn't been yes, obvious. Like exactly. people have been calling it for a while, and they've been wrong because yeah. it's you know it can last longer than you can stay solvent. Yeah, 
So like it, it has been very apparent to anybody with any sense of common sense, with any common sense for, for quite a while now that there's something amiss in the, the Chinese real estate development market. Again, they're erecting whole cities of real estate that, are, that nobody's going to live in. Um, so those right. are- And this is happening around the world, just in China, it's the most extreme. Yes. I mean, right? there's- like there's like empty apartment buildings in Toronto and shit. Yeah. But in, and- in China, it's on steroids. Yeah, and if you if you read Boomerang by Michael Lewis, which is again, I've probably talked about this on the podcast a couple of times, but just a reminder, it is Michael Lewis's most underrated book, in my opinion. He he wrote The Big Short, Liars Poker, Moneyball, uh, a bunch of others. The Bo- Boomerang is him going around the world and documenting the lead up to the 2008 financial crisis, and a very interesting part of that book is his focus on Ireland, where they had crazy ghost developments. They had a bunch of Polish immigrants coming into Ireland, building out these uh, these real estate, basically like uh, just like housing developments, the cul-de-sacs and all that. Nobody was living in them, and then it collapsed, and all the Polish went back home. Um, very interesting book. Go read Boomerang if you haven't. Very easy read, very good read. And I think we're seeing some echoes of that now. And go back to Evergrande, that's the looming question. Will the Chinese government come in to uh, bail them out or bail out the, the uh, people they've taken debt from? Did I see today that they announced some kind of stimulus? Or- uh, I'm not sure. I've been, I've been crazy tied up this morning, so I haven't, um, I haven't seen that. But One of the theories I saw that was interesting is in the case of an Evergrande bankruptcy bondholders get paid out first and the largest holder of Evergrande bonds is the CCP. So it's like an easy way to just, you just let them fail and you just, the government takes them over. Yeah. And this is, uh, maybe this is teetering on the conspiracy theory line, but uh, I wrote it in the band a couple of days ago and the wall street journal came out with a piece earlier this week that, that highlighted uh, Xi Jinping's aim to rein in Chinese capitalism in Hu Mao's socialist vision. Uh, Xi said it's not trying to rein in a few big tech and other companies trying to roll back China's decades-long evolution toward Western-style capitalism and put the country on a different path entirely. And so I'm just seeing this story, watching Evergrande unfold, and if this is the intent of Xi Jinping and the Communist Party is to demonize capitalism and say, oh, Mao's vision of, of socialism is, is what we're going to strive for now. It's a much fairer system. This real estate development crash is a great sort of boogeyman to point out. Look what happened uh, with this, this, this capitalist fervor in the real estate market. It, it blew out uh, many people and, and it hurt us. Capitalism is bad. They wouldn't be surprised if they let it all fail. And then use it as a scapegoat to push that that vision that Xi Jinping seems to be uh, striving for right now. So that's something to keep an eye on. Again, that's me. Do you, you think most of the panic is bullshit? Uh, I don't know. Well, that's like, and that's another thing I, I wrote in the bed. It's like hard to know how much uh, how much exposure Western investors or Western investors have. Like, I don't know if it's hard to know if any large institutional investors have 
capital tied up in in the Chinese real estate development market uh, and any of the particular companies involved. Uh, that's something I guess we'll find out if if they are allowed to fail. Um, you could see that ripple effect. I guess people markets at least are pricing that in as a slight possibility. There's still a lot unknown. I think tomorrow there's another big bank payment that's supposed to be made. Uh, and uh, your dog's just chilling. And um, and then Friday as well. So I think more information when we wake up tomorrow. It'll be clear exactly what's happening, what the response from the government's going to be and, and the you know, wider ramifications of, of a collapse in that real estate market. The CNBC talking heads are like in full panic mode the last two days. Uh, I mean, my my instinct tends to think like it's a little bit overblown just because we'll keep printing and I think the Chinese don't want anything to topple right now. So, um, but regardless, you know, if, if, if a macro crisis is a concern to you in terms of selling your Bitcoin and encouraging you to sell your Bitcoin, um, I would just say that I think that's pretty short-sighted. And if we do have, you know, something worse than March 2020, like some kind of massive macro crisis, a la 2008, maybe bigger, um, I think Bitcoin might fall harder and faster than everything else in the beginning. Uh, there'll be a bit of a liquidity crisis and then it'll correct back quicker than everything else. Um, and long term, you know, I think it's going to be the best performing asset, period. Um, so I, my strategy is just going to be hold, hold through the chaos and actually stack more through the chaos, just stack sats and stay humble. Uh, and I would just add one more thing that like, if it's a true macro crisis and things get really dirty and really messy, it's going to be hard to move a large amount of money into Bitcoin harder than it is today. And so you don't want to, I like, why do you say that? Cause everything will be illiquid or. I, I, you know, I think the on-ramps are very vulnerable. The on-ramps could be like <clears throat> that entry door can get cut, can cut you off at any moment. Um, so, I mean, it's already kind of difficult to move large amounts into Bitcoin quickly. I mean, it's getting easier rather than more difficult. Uh, if you're willing to do KYC and stuff, it's definitely getting easier. But I think in a macro crisis, like it could, those regulated on-ramps could just get like a combination of, they, they, get, they get cut off by regs, regulators, or, um, you know, Coinbase goes down every time there's volatility. Uh, so if there's like a proper macro crisis, like they'll all be super under pressure. And well, that's the that's the funny thing, Matt. We already are in a macro crisis, essentially right. with this the repercussions of of the lockdowns and the supply chain issues we're having. Like right now, I just retweeted a tweet from a freak, uh, Luke Ferguson, who is at a Wawa, and a Wawa is putting up signs. Some products may be temporarily unavailable. We appreciate your patience as we continue to work through external supply chain shortages. We are working as quickly as possible with our partners to get back to full product inventory. So here in the US, Wawa, where we are in the Northeast, all down the East Coast now, uh, some Wawas are having, we're seeing empty shelves. Like they, like this is a sign that you should be paying attention to and, and looking out for if you're worried about the an inflationary and, and supply side crisis which it seems I, like we're very much in i can't even get the black richardson hats no 
I, I have a freak. A freak sent me uh, the last 48 he had at his embroidery shop. Uh, but I, it, I'm like scrambling to try and track them down. It's such a random supply. Every, everything's being hit. That so might- that's what I'm talking about. So like we're in the middle of obviously a, a macro crisis on like a, on a more macro macro level. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean, right? Yes. Like I mean, well, that's a, uh, like well, a bloody week. Like, yeah, this could be. I mean, at some point, that's like it really depends on the amount of exposure the rest of the world has to these development companies. Which again, I don't think that information is just freely available uh, until you start seeing who's actually. As soon as the tide goes out, and you actually see who is exposed and how exposed they are. And again, I think everybody's looking at the CCP to see if they're going to bail it out. And, and like I said, with Xi Jinping's uh, intent to, to move towards Mao's vision of, of communism and social good, I think this could be a perfect boogeyman. He could make lemon lemonade out of this crisis, the lemons of a, of a collapsing real estate development market. Um, interesting times, freaks. Interesting times. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening to the recorded version, you got some alpha in the beginning. If you're listening to the live stream, I, I recommend you go back and listen to the recorded version for the for the alpha we gave there. How did we talking about so so what we've been doing is we do a little bit of conversation before we go live, and that's only on the podcast feed. And then we go do a little bit of conversation on the live stream after we stop recording the podcast, and that's for the live stream viewers. Um we went pretty hard on, on the live stream portion last time and I, we didn't get YouTube didn't kick us off. I'm so surprised that <laughs> you were, we didn't get flagged at all for that video. You were trying to, I know you were trying. We were pretty, we were pretty aggressive with it. Yes. Um, I wonder if they like could tell that we were, they were like, these guys are trying to get kicked off. So we're not going to, we're not going to do it to them. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck man. These supply chain shortages are scary as fuck. And like, so this is, this is where it gets really like, so if right now the probability of people's, uh, the China's ability to contain the real estate uh, crumbling to that market specifically within China, uh, people seem to think it's possible, but there is that possibility and that probability it is greater than zero that it that it extends beyond that that market within China and starts affecting other markets in China and then markets globally. And so, like if you have a massive economic downturn in China, again, like China is the world's manufacturing hub. Like if you think supply chain issues are bad now, like how bad could it get if this like this is just going to compound how bad this is? which is a scary thought. Yeah. I, uh, I'm a little bit uh, uneasy to say the least about it. And it's, it's not very clear um, how to prepare uh, efficiently in this, you know, current environment. Um, So we just got to try our best and, Keep her head on a swivel. Start planting seeds, literally. Just start, start farming. Prepare. We, I mean, there's an. Uh, we need to have these systems more distributed. I guess supply chains 
very much concentrated in China. Here in the U.S., our food supply chain is very much concentrated amongst a, a few large players, uh, a few of which are <laughs> doing some some fuckery, it seems, uh, particularly the slaughterhouses and stuff like that. So we need to further distribute these supply chains, whether it be for raw materials to make end products uh, or or food here in the U.S. Like we need to bring manufacturing home or at least to North America somewhere or not even, even if we don't do that, just distribute that risk outside of China a bit more. We need more farmers here in the U.S. and we need to relax regulations around food production, I would argue too. So you can- Unfortunately, that's not really going to happen until we all get burned. Um, And then we'll learn our lesson. But in the short term, right? Like you should be like- I guess you should have a meat freezer at the very least. Yeah. Fill that, fill that bad boy up. Yeah. Someone said canned food in the comments, you know, got so much canned food that I just don't eat. Like it just sits there. It's like, I don't know. It'll be there when you need it. It'll be there when you need it. Just have some canned beans. Uh, I didn't think we were going to start out there, but I know we should get to big, Oh, Bitcoin related for the supply shortage. I mean, I think, uh, I think ASICs are going to hold their value significantly longer than they have in past cycles um, because of the supply shortage, but also because they're kind of plateauing in efficiency gains. Like you're not seeing some like radical efficiency gains. Um, So one of the topics we have on the list is Compass, uh, which has made their name being a hosted mining solution where you pay them and they put an ASIC in a hosting provider's warehouse that has like cheap electricity and they set it up for you. Um, they now have an at-home mining option, um, which you know is is slightly more expensive than ASICs. If you like hustle and are going into Telegram group chats and stuff, you're paying a premium. That Compass is that's their business model, um, but they seem relatively reasonably priced. You can buy them with fiat, um, which most of the time, if you have to hustle for miners on like Telegram and stuff, you have to buy them with Bitcoin. And uh, they provide customer support on helping you set them up, which is is definitely in demand. I mean, people definitely want like a dedicated support line, at least in the early days when they're first. I, I think setting up an ASIC is easier than most people realize. Besides the electricity, go get get you know a professional electrician and hire them so you don't fucking kill yourself. Um, but I think it provides peace of mind for people that they have this trusted company that they can call up for support. Agreed. Disclaimer. Compass sponsored the pod, but I do love this product. Another product I love with that, maybe you pair this Compass uh, mining at home product or the ability to acquire miners to mine at home with uh, the black box that Steve Barber is working on. Compass isn't a sponsor rabbit hole recap though, right? They change. We, we, we will discuss that. Uh, we have a spot. But up until now, they've been in the interview series. Yeah. Um, a- they want in so on- I don't have to disclose. Only Marty has to disclose yeah. unless that changes. I think it might change. But I, I would say that, you know, like I, there's a lot of nuance about the hosted mining. Um, it's like a decent fit for some people. But in my mind, I just keep going back to like not, you know, if you don't have control of your ASICs, it's like not your keys, not your coins. Um, so it is kind of cool. I like that they're going into this home mining thing. And I think, you know, it's it's a it's a very good venue for like, uh stacking 
just uh, stacking without needing like a regulated exchange or something like that. I don't know what kind of private information they take from you, but I assume it's less than an exchange. Um, instead, it's not like full blown KYC. No, I think they only get the information you share when you buy it. Yeah. And I, I think I like, once again, I just think these ASICs, like even if you buy one that's a little bit overpriced because you want to go with the trusted vendor over, you know, like a Kaboom Racks or like a Mind Farm Buy or like one of these Telegram channels. Um, regardless, I think these ASICs are going to hold up in value for, for a while. I not only hold up. I think they're going to increase in value. Yeah. Like you said, I think the supply chain issues on the ASIC side are only going to get worse in the short to medium term. I mean, we've already discussed the fact that TSMC has raised Bitmain's lease on their foundry floor by 20%, which obviously that cost is going to get passed on to uh, miners purchasing ASICs and then the inability for enough supply to get to market due to the chip shortage should uh, put even more upward pressure on the price of ASICs. I wouldn't be surprised if we see mid 20,000s at some point next year. I mean, yeah, it depends on which one for what. The price of Bitcoin. Or excuse me, the price oh. of ASICs. S19. S19s and 30s. Like. I mean, like if you if you bought like an M30 a month ago and just never plugged it in, never mind, you could probably sell it for like 3x the price you paid. <laughs> you just like kept it in the box. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't even. Yeah. So prepare for that. <sighs> this is going to be an interesting few years here with all these, not only in Bitcoin, but the factors outside of Bitcoin and in, in the geopolitical macro landscape. I mean, that's another thing. Did you see that alliance with, we didn't even talk about that, with the US, the UK, and Australia, this like weird military alliance we're making now. It seems there's, there's some posturing. Was it the submarine deal? Yeah, now France is all pissed at us. Um, that we already have the five eyes with them. Was it Canada and New Zealand? Yes. Canada, New Zealand, UK, Australia, America, five eyes? Yeah, I believe so. That's where all like the... That's uh, where we all spy together. Yes. We each spy on each other's citizens and then report back. Yeah. I think the bringing Australia into the, the nuclear submarine fold will be interesting to see how that affects the relationship with China. Obviously, they're very... Well, Australia is like the proxy war between us and China. Yeah. Yeah. Um, China has a lot of influence in, in Australia as well. Uh, obviously, we have some influence too, being a Western English-speaking country. Um yeah. Deep breaths, freaks. <laughs> now I'm like, I'm talking myself into to, to being scared right now. Should I be scared? I'm like looking for uh I'm 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 looking for a house, you know, and it just complicates everything. It can't, like I have I have no idea. Like if we go under contract for a house, like I feel like there's a possibility that like the whole market just fucking collapses from out underneath us as it's happening. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, like I would like to have a house before chaos. Yeah. I'd like to have a farm and I'm like Austin city yeah. locked in for a year. Well, stay aware freaks. Stay aware. Be aware. Be aware. Just, also, also be aware. Thank God we have Bitcoin, man. Yeah, I mean, God. I would be like, I, I, I think a, a lot of times Bitcoiners, we get frustrated with 
our, our peers, um, our normie peers, uh, who maybe we went to college with, we went to school with, we work with. Um, and I think it's important perspective to realize, like, if I, like, if I didn't know about Bitcoin, if I didn't hold and use Bitcoin, if I didn't know about the greater, you know, free open source communities that are tangential to Bitcoin, uh, I would have so little hope and I would be completely disenfranchised. So you have to judge it from that perspective. And that's what most people are going through right now. Silver lining, silver lining. Thank God we have, let's dive into this for any newer freaks who may be new to the podcast and Bitcoin in general. Thank God we have Bitcoin comparing it to this Evergrande situation or tying it into the Evergrande situation. It seems that this situation has been allowed to get to the point that it has gotten to because of just the ability to print money ex nihilo and go fund this vast misallocation of capital uh, that, that is getting no return and is forcing <laughs> lenders to go, uh, or at least the developer to go bankrupt. And that could have effects on the lenders who gave them the freely printed money in the first place. Bitcoin in a financial system built on Bitcoin will have better assurances in terms of the collateral underlying the uh, the lending and the loans for those activities. It'll be much harder to uh, misallocate capital at the level that it has been misallocated in under this fiat standard over the last 50 years. Well, at least the incentives won't be broken. Yes. Idiots yeah. will, will still take pleasure in, yes. in misallocating capital. And due to the nature of the network and the ability to verify the transparent ledger, you can you can force individuals and businesses that you uh, are thinking about engaging in business or economic activity with to to prove that they have some amount of collateral underlying their activities via the Bitcoin network, via via sign message or something like that, a proof of reserves, proof of liabilities, like many of the exchanges in in the Bitcoin space are are rolling out. Um, thank God we have Bitcoin. That's correct, Matt. Uh, let's get into the list a little deeper here. Uh, yeah, thank God we have Bitcoin. And it seems like U.S. regulators hate Bitcoin. Uh, and the Senate and Congress hate Bitcoin. And they, and they snuck something into the infrastructure bill that Coin Center pointed out earlier this week. Uh, and they're, they're calling it an unworkable, an unworkable and arguably unconstitutional tax change tucked away in the infrastructure bill uh, in section 60501 uh, and, and this would require counterparties any counterparty if matt and i were to exchange uh bitcoin with each other over ten thousand dollars i'd have to we both have to collect each other's uh social security numbers address uh, basically do everything you would have to do as an exchange except like issue a 1099 which is, by the way, it's only 25 million sets. Yeah, it's not a lot of sets. And that's, that, that limit, they'll never change that limit. So if that gets put in, it's going to be an ever-decreasing number of sets. Yeah, so um, it seems, I mean, again, it's another one of those things just snuck in. Is the infrastructure bill ever going to get passed? I've, I feel like we spent so much time on it, and it still hasn't been passed. And I just really, I just... Like I care, like I wish as an American and as a Bitcoiner that we didn't like shoot ourselves in the foot with just horrible over, you know, burdensome regulation. But uh, I've just come to the, you know, conclusion that it's going to happen. Uh, there's going to be a lot of shitty regs, a lot of shitty rulemaking, 
lot of burdensome things that are difficult and expensive to comply with um, in the short term. And the specifics of how it's going to be difficult and inefficient and burdensome don't really matter that much to me, you know, because the solution is, you know, be a sovereign Bitcoiner and hold your own keys, use your own node, learn privacy best practices. Um, And eventually there's going to have to be protest. VidGamer14 is saying that they're going to be voting on it on the 27th. And I agree. I think there's going to have to be protests, but the protest, they're just going to have to be people disobeying civil disobedience. Like, fuck you. Like, who are these well, people? You see Biden at the UN? Like, they're uh, spreading Build Back Better like, propaganda, and you can't even talk. You can't even talk. I have not seen it. These people, he can't speak. Like, it's embarrassing that we're like, it, we're pulling him out of his casket and putting him up there to, to try to string words together. This dude has is literally losing his mind in front of the world. It's quite sad, actually. It's elder abuse, as Adam Curry would like to refer to it. I try not to pay attention as much as possible. I I do as well, but sometimes those clips come down the timeline. It's like, holy shit. Clown world rolls on. El Salvador owns 700 Bitcoin now. (laughs) Yeah, so it was, it was true. You see, were you unhappy with the way the conversation was going? You need to transition to El Salvador. I don't know. It's just a government that is a government that's acquiring Bitcoin, while our government is that's trying to make Bitcoiners' lives as difficult as possible and push business over. Did you see that uh, Masari is running an event in New York this week? Yeah, yeah, mainnet. And someone got served by the SEC. A speaker got served by the SEC right before he went up on stage. Ryan Selka seems. Uh, Pretty perturbed, to say the least. He's he's about to run for the Senate. I mean, what did these people expect? Like, of course, like, what was the whole point? What's the point of this technology? Like, obviously, obviously, governments are going to push back against it. Like, what is like? I I made a joke. Trusted third parties are security holes because the security pun because of the SEC. I felt like no one got it. I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> that is. Now that you explain it, it is very funny. I thought you were, I mean, trusted third parties are security holes. That's like an actual. Like, <laughs> the security and exchange is exchange commission? Commission. Security is an exchange commission, yes. Um, yeah, Gary. But Gary. like, that's literally what happened, right? Like, they, they have a person that they can point to that can shut down whatever. I mean, I, we still don't know who got served. But they just hit the person, you know, like if if you're a VC and you're investing in these so-called decentralized protocols and you have voting power and say in, in how they go. And a lot of times majority and you have a kill switch. Like, What the fuck did you expect? Yeah, it's going to happen. We've been saying this. People are finding out why Satoshi decided to remain pseudo, pseudo anonymous. Uh, He's completely anonymous. Completely anon. I mean, who the fuck is... We don't know who he is. Like, best OPSEC... Ever. In, yeah, at least in modern history. After the internet. Jack the Ripper. They never caught Jack the Ripper, did they? Did they not? I don't know. Actually, I think they might have. But anyway, on a positive note, El Salvador seems to be embracing Bitcoin in a big way. On a negative note, you know, Marty was mentioning earlier that Bitcoin provides the ability for proof of reserves. Um 
who the fuck owns the 700 Bitcoin? How do they have control of those keys? Do we have, there's no transparency whatsoever. Okay, let him ease into it. Maybe, maybe we can give this feedback to, to Bukele. No, but I do wonder that. Are, were you considering that? Like, I feel like no one asked, like, okay, where's that Bitcoin at? Like, they have the ability to be the most transparent country in the world uh, in terms of their treasury holdings, at least on the Bitcoin side. I mean, it could be in a multi-sig. Uh, they can, you know, we can know who the key holders are. It can be transparently published on, on the internet using a signed message using the, the Bitcoin address, and they can prove to the world that they have those reserves. I, uh, I would prefer if we don't go down the route of everyone going with the microsailer, uh, microsailer, uh, the Michael Saylor microstrategy, uh, just tweet it out and that's your confirmation. Like, why don't you send a message? Well, that's what I was just going to say. Imagine the, the gravity and the impact of the treasure of El Salvador signing a message. Here's our wallet. Like that, that symbolism in and of itself, I think, would be bigger than just Bukele yeah. uh, telling uh, Recept Erdogan to have fun staying poor as he as he buys the dip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I was just wondering about that. Yeah, no, that's a. It's apparently they have seven hundred Bitcoin. Has it been confirmed with any signatures, uh, with any messages signed? Excuse me. So, like, we know why. We know why Micro Sailor. Sailor, I fucking love that. We know why uh, MicroStrategy doesn't, and that's because they're using a regulated custodian, so they don't actually hold their keys. I would hope that Bukele is holding his keys, um, and he should just do a signed message. Like that's one of the coolest parts of Bitcoin is that you can prove to the world you own something, and anyone anywhere in the world can digitally verify that. Um, that's never been possible before. That is super fucking cool, uh, and no one's really using that. Exchanges is more difficult for them to do it because their balances and liabilities are moving around so often, but it's still possible and hopefully more will do it. Um, but with these just treasury holdings, these just we've accumulated more Bitcoin and this is how much Bitcoin we hold is like the easiest proof of reserve they can do. It's, uh, it's not a very complicated process. So hopefully we see more people doing it. Um, and then we also have FTB in the comments. He wants us to mention that a lot of noobs think that Adam Back is Satoshi, and we're supposed to dispel that myth. Um, I don't think Adam Back is Satoshi, and I also don't think it's productive to try and uh, Find speculate on who Satoshi is. But I, like, there's no, there's, I'm 99% sure it's not Adam. I don't believe it's Adam either. He's come out and straight up denied it as well. I don't That's think, what Satoshi would do. Right. I don't think he likes being asked the question. Adam certainly did contribute one of the core pieces to Bitcoin, which is the, the hash cash proof of work. Satoshi uh, manipulated or not manipulated, iterated on it and added the difficulty adjustment, which is probably the most beautiful part of, of the Bitcoin network is that difficulty adjustment to calibrate block production at the 10 minute target. Um, yeah, Adam Vax, not Satoshi. And like Matt said, if you ever see Satoshi in the street, shoot him. Shoot him right. Oh, no, protect him. <laughs> yeah. What else was I going to say? I had some, oh, uh, full-time Bitcoin also making us aware that Slush Pool mined four blocks in a row. That's pretty rare for them. Let's fucking go. The plebs pool. Need to get that hash rate up. They, I think, I mean, they had, uh, 
I think Foundry was able to po- poach some hash from them, but I think they have been making a, re- a strong recovery. Foundry's uh, kicking their ass in hash. Yeah. They're like double. Yeah. Um, I like the team over at Foundry, though. I love Kevin and um, Yuri and those guys. And I, and I, I have met their uh, their technical lead. Uh, and I'm not going to dox his name, but he's he's based. Um, gets Bitcoin, gets the ethos of Bitcoin as a cypherpunk. I would describe him as a, as a true cypherpunk. Uh, what else do we got here? What else? Salvador, Compass at Home. Ooh, this one I'm sure really gr- grinded your gears, but you probably weren't surprised about chain analysis running a block explorer uh, to, to help uncover people looking at certain transactions, tying IDs to IPs, <laughs> excuse me, to transactions. It's been, uh, it's, I mean, like Coindesk ran it as a scoop and said that it was secretly being run. It wasn't maybe, it was intentionally poorly disclosed, but it was pretty like in, in, in privacy, in Bitcoin privacy circles, it was aware that chain analysis owns this website. So it's as wallet explorer.com to not go to it or use it. Um, but it was a block explorer, uh, very, you know, it's a pretty good block explorer. And the creator of that works at chain analysis, which is public knowledge. Um, but chain analysis was, has been using it to tie users IP addresses to the wallet addresses they search. So they've just been basically using it as a data harvesting operation. Um, and this is what you should expect. These are professional surveillance mercenaries uh, and they are going to harvest as much data as possible. And wherever they see an edge, wherever they see the ability for them to cheaply harvest more data, ideally discreetly so the, their targets don't realize, they're going to do it and they're going to connect it with their massive data pool of other data. Um, and of course, the Bitcoin blockchain is forever. It should probably outlast all of us if we're correct. Um, so at any point, then they can cross-reference all that outside external data they've collected and put it in, you know, combine it with the blockchain data, all your, all the Bitcoin transaction data that's publicly viewable and out there for everybody forever and use that against honest people. Yes. So be aware. That's why we recommend that you run your own full node. And if you're going to use a block explorer and Try to use something like mempool.space, which allows you to connect to your full node and pull the data from the blockchain from your copy of the blockchain so you're not pinging external servers and, and leaving your IP address on there. If you are going to use an external block explorer, make sure you're using Tor or VPN at the very least. Um, you don't want to tie your IP address with the, the blockchain data you're looking up on these explorers because it could be used as a heuristic to assume that you you own the, the sats in the wallets that you're looking up or the transactions and, that you're looking up. And on um, if you use Tor or VPN and you're searching like multiple addresses, you're not using your own node, you want to constantly switch servers. So on Tor, it's called a new identity. Um, on VPN, if you're using a good VPN, like a Molvat or something, you can switch which country you're in. Um, and you're going to want to switch servers. Otherwise, it can combine, you know, they can see that the same user is is looking multiple addresses and link them together. They still won't know your IP address, which is a net benefit. Your IP address is a unique address attached. It's like your computer's mailing address. 
Um, so they won't know your, your, your IP address, but they can know the addresses are connected to a single individual, which might give them some clues. Um, the good, the, the reputable block explorers all have no logging policies, blockstream.info, mempool.space, uh, OXT. Um, they all have no logging policies. Like there's no way to verify that, but it's better to use one that says they're not logging. Uh, Wallet Explorer like explicitly says they're logging all your shit. Um, but yeah, and I, blockstream.info has a Tor endpoint, so you can just go to the native Tor address, and I believe Mempool has one as well. Yes. Another thing that was included in this document was the admission that they're running uh, basically nodes that SPV wallets are connecting to, correct? Yeah, the Electrum wallet. They're definitely running a bunch of Electrum servers. This is something we've speculated for in the past. Uh, it's one of the reasons it's important to use your own node. Um, these node-in-a-box solutions, the Umbrals, the Ronin Dojos, the, the Raspi Blitzes, the My Nodes, the Start Nines, uh, the Noddles, um, they all allow you to easily run your own block explorer. They all allow you to easily run your own Electrum server. Um, if you don't do that, then you're going to be trusting someone else's node. And if you're trusting someone else's node, you're, you're trusting them with your privacy. Um, so it's just something to be cautious about. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, their participants in the different coin joint implementations, anywhere they can see an edge that they can cheaply get more data, they're going to do it. Um, you know, maybe they haven't started yet, but running large lightning nodes um, is, a, is a good way for them to gather more data as well at very low cost. Um, so when we, when we think about these threat models and we think about these incentives, the only safe assumption is to assume that they have their hands in everything and protect yourself from that. And hopefully we're just preparing for the worst and it's better, the, the, the reality is better than that. Agreed. Be aware, freaks. Be aware. Chain analysis. They're out there trying to dox you. Uh, they helped. Another item we have on the list is the sanctioning of what's the exchange called Suex out of Russia? Yeah, it's a OTC exchange. So it's not like a proper exchange, but mm -hmm. over-the-counter exchange. Yeah, so an OTC exchange in Russia. It was originally domiciled in Prague, I believe. Yep. Um, and I had never heard of it before the sanctions. Neither have I, but apparently the uh, Department of Justice teamed up with Chain Analysis to tie a bunch of the Bitcoin associated with recent ransomware attacks and even B or, or one of our favorite all-time exchanges, BTCE. Um, some Bitcoin from that exchange was, was being uh, sold or, or switched out via this, this OTC. Uh, I love that they never say sold. They're like, oh, it was laundered. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, uh, and so this is uh, the Department of Justice is coming down heavily on this. And this is um, an, an, another um, lean into the ransomware cyber attack stuff. And, and they're probably going to begin drumming that beat uh, a bit louder. Yeah. A couple of days before that, the U.S. Treasury announced that they were preparing a bunch of sanctions against Bitcoin related companies and entities. Um, and then like a couple of days after that, this happened. So my guess is there's going to be more coming. Um, obviously enforcement is going to have to be on a person by person basis. They have no way in the protocol to seize funds or anything like that. Um, so they're going to have to, you know, the first step, a lot of times with sanctions, the first step is just making it public 
and you know saying there's a target on your back rather than them actually being able to enforce it but we should expect more of that um also i don't think we mentioned it don't have it on the list um but coinbase just made a new deal with the u.s government for another 1.3 million dollars this one's much larger than their previous contract to provide their chain surveillance software and tools uh to i believe homeland security and uh, ice to immigration enforcement um and you know this is a lar- even a larger concern than these classic chain surveillance companies because we were just talking about how data is the most valuable thing um, for these tools. And Coinbase knows everything about its users. They know absolutely everything. They have a huge amount of insight onto on-chain transactions because they had their users and they had their users completely cucked up. They got full KYC. They know every withdrawal address. They know every deposit address. And through process of elimination, they can figure out a lot of other things. Now, Coinbase has said that they keep their user information and their chain surveillance strictly separate. Uh, I find that hard to believe. (laughs) Maybe they do now, but that's going to change. That's their main advantage compared to the other chain surveillance companies as they have it. That's certainly a bold-faced lie. Yeah. And it just really, it really shines a light on like this whole thing. Like, you know, Brian Armstrong, like did his whole little sissy story on thread about how the SEC wouldn't let him launch his 4% USDC interest product. Um, This is what they're doing. They're, they're bending the knee and selling out all their users, selling out Bitcoiners, selling out Ethereans, you know, selling out all the different shit coins they support. Um, you know, whatever, like whatever shit token they support, they're doing chain surveillance on it. They're selling it to the U.S. government for super cheap. And they're hoping that the U.S. government allows them to sell securities um, and looks the other way because they've they've given them that capability. Yeah. And then I mean, then you have Brian Armstrong coming out. I don't even know it was him. There's like announcement. There was uh, headlines. Coinbase is going to be working closely with regulators to help craft legislation on on regulation and this is how you create a regulatory mode right it seems yeah they have a very strong regulatory mode already but they want to expand it yeah get your keys off the exchange get your coins off the exchange and into wallets which you control the keys to coinbase and coinbase custody together probably own about 1.8 million bitcoin do you hold hold 1.8 million bitcoin do your part uh one of the shout outs has to do with this topic, so I'll wait till then. But just don't. Uh, what do you think? We we talk about this a lot. Is there any any more urgency to get coins off exchange in your mind? Yeah. <laughs> There's always <laughs> urgency, but the yeah. urgency increases as time goes on. Yes, we always have to caveat this with: make sure you know what you're doing. Make sure test it with a small amount. Practice, 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 practice makes perfect. But do it. Test it with a small amount, send it, receive it, wipe it, restore it, make sure you still can access it, get comfortable, and then get all your fucking coins off of exchanges. Yeah. Utilize Bitcoin, the power of Bitcoin. They can, like we said earlier, they can just cut that withdrawal at any point, whether that's government related, whether that's corporate related, whether it's personal or whether it's across the board. People have been cut off from their Bitcoin before when it's held with the custodian. Um, we could we could wake up tomorrow, and this woman right here, this beautiful, 
beautiful woman right here could just be like, yeah, you're, people aren't allowed to self-custody exchanges. You're not allowed to let people uh, remove their coins from the exchange to personal custody. She could mandate that and they'd have to listen the next day. I'm pretty sure the way things are yeah. going with all this. Exec- I mean, they're a little bit inept. So like my guess is if they did it, there'd be like at least some kind of notice. Um, but it just depends how big of a crisis unfolds. Like if there's a large crisis, then things can move quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, ah, Marty Jones is coming out now. Like, ah, how much do we have to put up with this? How many, how many times do we have to put up with this incompetence? Like the, the government, the U.S. government, I'll focus on our government. Like it is completely incompetent. It is inept. It is making things worse. It is taking more and more tax dollars and producing a worse and worse product over time. Why do we put up with these people? Fuck these people. They should have no, uh, no say on what we're building here. We're building the future of money and, and finance for the digital age. And these old dinosaurs who don't understand anything, they're greedy, they're kleptocratic, they're uh, evil. I would argue a lot of them are evil, uh, are, are making these broad brush regulations on the most incredible technology that humanity has ever come into contact with. It's just very frustrating. And that is why I'm a a strong advocate of civil disobedience at the personal. And I hope companies start disobeying. I hope the base companies like River, Cash App, uh, other exchanges, sorry for putting you guys on the spot, but... You're on the spot. You're on the spot. We need people to stand up and say, this is enough. Like, Get away from us. Leave us alone. The bar is so low. I'm just like impressed they haven't sold surveillance tools to the u.s government did you see that board elon musk tweet um no he let me find it real quick but it's just like a perfect depiction of like but that's the, a parody account right like he doesn't yeah, also operate it, board elon musk no it's not it's not elon but it's just a it's a parody account with 1.7 million followers but it's like uh, he uses the word crypto i know we don't like it but it really highlights the absurdity of the focus on bitcoin and the overarching cryptocurrency Landscape most money lost by consumers through crypto scams last year eighty million dollars. Twenty twenty eighty million dollars money lost by consumers through overdraft fees last year twelve billion dollars. Like banks are literally robbing poor people of twelve billion dollars in overdraft fees, and uh, nobody says anything about it. Uh, some people get scammed and they took risk. Uh, I, I would argue they probably understood the extent of the risk they were taking uh, and it got burned. And now we just need to completely cuck this again, revolutionary technology, potentially the best technology that humanity has ever come into contact with. Cause it finally allows us to create a globally fair monetary system that can't be manipulated by people like this beautiful woman. It's, He's kissing. He's kissing Janet Yellen for the audio freaks. Yeah, session. audio freaks. She's on my green screen today. We got the Bitcoin sign guy sign. Um, one of the items on the list that you skipped over, probably unintentionally, maybe I skipped over it, uh, is Wasabi Wallet 2.0. Oh, they was released a blog post about what they expect Wasabi Wallet 2.0 to provide in terms of privacy. Um, a little bit light on the specifics i'm just going to withhold my opinion uh if you're using if you're you withholding your opinion if you're using was if you're using wasabi wallet and you're excited for wasabi wallet 2.0 you should go read this post and yeah 
I mean, development on Wasabi Wallet has stopped. They're only focusing on Wasabi Wallet 2.0. So Wasabi Wallet 2.0 is intended to completely replace Wasabi 1.0. And uh, yeah, there's this blog post explains what they're hoping for privacy-wise. <laughs> Go check it out. Matt's going to... My point is... Okay, so my, my, my opinion is I look forward to playing with it when it's out. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I, with this, this space is filled with false claims that are not, uh, that don't come to fruition. So um, they have very ambitious goals and I'm excited to try it out when it's out. Yeah. If anything, I, I read through the blog post. It's a good breakdown of how coin joins work. I didn't like the Hufflepuff. It was a little cheesy, but. Whatever. Like, what was that? Why yeah. didn't it just say sats yeah, or Bitcoin? Yeah. But it is a good explanation of Chami and coin joins and all that stuff. But it wasn't. It was an explanation of, I guess they, he starts with an explanation of Wasabi Wallet 1.0. And then he goes to how it's different in Wasabi Wallet 2.0. Did you understand how it's different in Wasabi Wallet 2.0? I breezed through it. I need to go back and read it more diligently. Um, I mean, you don't have to. It's fine. Yeah. It's... Uh, the, yeah, it, it, the idea is to try and make it more mainstream and accessible and that you don't have fixed amounts. Um, breaking news. We'll breaking news. Well, I'm sorry for interrupting that. Wasabi, go check it out. We will have more to say about it. Well, go check out the Wasabi Wallet 2.0 blog post blog that we link, have linked in the show notes. Linked in the show notes. Uh, breaking news. Uh, shout out to No Bullshit Bitcoin. If you're not following them on Telegram, Twitter, you're missing out on breaking news. And the Bitcoin space uh, just launched. Uh, it's actually not breaking. It's an hour old. But uh, Bitcoin Magazine wrote an article about the Dutch football club. PSV holds Bitcoin on its oh, balance dope. sheet. And it's self-custodies. Let's go. More of this. Oh, that's nice. They should sign a message. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I, be- I bet they would. Let's get them to sign a message. I guess they're, are they disclosing how much Bitcoin they're owning? I don't think it says there. So it's part of a sponsorship deal um, with ah. uh, any coin direct, which is a, a Bitcoin exchange in the Netherlands. I would assume uh, they're getting paid in Bitcoin. They're holding the Bitcoin and the, it's a club's official partner. I'm trying to see who this guy. Franz Johnson, he's commercial director of PSV, personally created the Bitcoin wallets where they custody um, the coins. Cool. So if you're at PSV, if you're in PSV management, make sure you have a multi-sig set up and, and Franz isn't just holding the keys. He can, he can run away with it at any, any point. You may trust him. They love him. He may be a great director, but Bitcoin can make people go crazy. He could just, he could just run with the wallet one day. They may be one of the most valuable clubs in, uh, in sports once uh, if they if they hold on to it. It'd be kind of cool. I could see sports teams start getting accumulation from them. I feel like it's a fit. I mean, it's just natural progression. The, the players are already doing it. But anyway, shout out to the No Bullshit Bitcoin feed. Very useful feed. Very useful feed. They're uh, on Twitter too. They are on Twitter. Throw them on your list. Follow them on Telegram. Put the notifications on. And they'll uh, they'll put a. I actually owe them a donation. I haven't donated in a while. Um, should we go to shout outs? Yeah. 
What's that? All right, since my browser's fucked, I've got to read it on this computer. Um, so it's gonna, I'm gonna for the live streamers. I'm gonna look a bit weird for a bit. Today's the 21st. Tomorrow's or 22nd. Tomorrow's the 23rd. So shoutouts would have started the 16th after the 16th. All right. So here we go. We've got a lot of shout outs today. Thank you, Freaks, for a shout out. Shout outs. We love these. Great way to interact. TFTC.io slash contribute. If you want to purchase a shout out and get me to read something silly on air or serious, uh, you can do so there. Rare Pepe's are currently saving the Bitcoin fee market. Change my mind. Uh, there's only 5,922 transactions in Clark's mempool, and uh, there is no fee market right now. Thanks. Thanks for another shout out, Vic. We always appreciate when you send in new shout outs. I love you, Vic. He didn't it. sign it, right? No, he didn't sign it. I just, it's definitely a vague, it's definitely a vague shout out, right? Yeah. Rare Pepe's are uh, making a strong making comeback. A comeback. Yeah. One of the original NFTs. It's on Bitcoin. The original. I, I remember you did an episode. Didn't they gift you one? Yeah, I've got, I've got Rare Pepe's in an open dime. You got to dump it, bro. Uh, well, I've been I've been told I can't dump it. It's it's uh, it's philosophically inconsistent with being a Bitcoin maximalist. I mean, you got to dump it. I know. I think it's cool. I, I'm going to hold it for a while, just for the fact that yeah, I mean, it's a collectible. Like it's physically, it's a it's, like, a, it's a collectible. <laughs> Someone made fucking twelve Bitcoin for one. I think it was more rare. Our boy Dan Darkpill made a bunch of them early on and he gifted them to people. So he didn't keep any. And one of the ones he created sold for 12 Bitcoin. Um, if you got gifted that, you got to give Dan at least one Bitcoin. I, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that uh, for sure. But I mean, how can, you not, how can you not sell that if you just walked into that? Right. What are the, what are the shitcoiner Pepe's going for? That's what I have. And so like I, Joe Looney, who's one of the founders of Rare Pepe's and the creator of the Counterparty Wallet and Exchange, which Rare Pepe's were exchanged on. He was on a very early episode of TFTC. Highly recommend you guys go listen to it if you haven't already. Just learn about Rare Pepe's specifically. We actually, it's actually a funny episode because we talk a lot about. Joe was very smart about the energy stuff before it even happened, like uh, Bitcoin miners using excess energy. Um, we talked about that in that episode as well. Uh, if, if dumping rare Pepe's is unethical, then what does that make having an episode dedicated to rare Pepe's on your podcast? Like that's got to be. This was early. This was 2017. So yeah, still but you've already before. committed the sin. You've already committed <laughs> the sin. You had an episode that was all about rare Pepe's. You got gifted a rare Pepe in that. Um. I mean, as, as don't make, don't go out making false claims like my rare Pepe cures cancer. It's the new money. It's ultrasound money or any kind of bullshit claims. Just be like, here's my garbage rare Pepe. If you want to give me 10 Bitcoin for it, I will take that 10 Bitcoin. Well, I'm in a predicament because after that episode, Joe, since it's on an open dime, it's a public address. You can put it out. He like posted, he like sent me a link to the address that he put the, shit corner pepe in and then he posted that to twitter after like hey rare pepe community if you want to send marty pepe's do it so like i got a bunch of random pepe's on this open dime but i don't know the address um anymore it's like it's been lost in the ether so i have to like actually but you have the open dime i have the open dime but it's like in a sealable bag i don't want to break the seal and then plug it in it's like a bit of a mystery it's break the fucking seal schrodinger's pepe's no no you don't have to break the seal to see the address 
No. Just plug it in. Copy the address. Oh, it's in a bag. Or, it's in like a bag. Break the fucking bag. Break the bag of seal. Plug it in. Check the address. Profit. All right. All right. What are these Pepe's going for these days? That's what I, that's what I want to know. Uh, I had something else to add there. Oh, oh yeah. This whole like uh, policing maximalist and stuff like that. What are your thoughts on that? Have you been following that at all? What Udi's uh, is vendetta. Yeah, I mean, no, not really. There's, yeah. I mean, there's a, yeah, I, uh, I think there is a breed of Bitcoiners. Uh, there's a subset of Bitcoiners that have defaulted to lazy argumentation. And I would like Bitcoiners to be stronger uh, if they choose to debate someone. Um, but I, I think, you know, Udi's argument has got a lot of strong men involved. Um, and the shit corners love that argument. They just are all over it. So, um, yeah, my view on it is I don't care. It's all inconsequential. Like, you, you yeah, have- no one cares. Like, Twitter shit posting, like, you can. Your favorite influencer can lie to himself and lie to you saying that like his Twitter shit posts are helping the greater Bitcoin movement. Like, no, they're for engagement. Like that's what they're for. They're not going to increase Bitcoin adoption. They're not going to, they're not some greatness for the world. They're a fucking shit post. And if it's scheduled, it's a scheduled shit post. So just be, <laughs> just be humble enough to admit what the fuck you're doing on Twitter and, uh, shake it off and move the fuck on. Uh, Fuck you, Vic, for sending but also, this, this rabbit hole we just fell down. I wanted to be clear that, you know, like, I, no one should be buying rare Pepe's, in my opinion. Like, that shit's all trending to zero in terms of Bitcoin, along with everything fucking else. And uh, so I should dump my Pepe's? I, I mean, I think you will regret it for the rest of your life if you don't. Okay. They are fucking pumping like no other right now. No one expected, even the Pepe Maximalist didn't expect it. The last, like, five of them. I'll go and seal that bag later tonight. We'll see. Shout out number two. Hello, Matt and Marty. I've been listening for a while and I love the show. This message is for all the freaks. This is what I was alluding to earlier. As many of you already know, we celebrate the Genesis block on January 3rd every year. However, this celebration is about more than just getting drunk with friends. Proof of Keys Day is about making sure Bitcoin fulfills its role as global hard money. If we don't assert our sovereignty individually, I think that's why he was trying to say there by taking possession of our coins then bitcoin will suffer the same fate as gold and will be inflated into oblivion through rehypothecation last year was underwhelming and i know we can do much better so tell your friends and family if they care about not losing their coins to get a hardware wallet and take possession this year let's pull the tide out and discover who's been swimming naked and co-sign that you don't that's have to do it on january, you don't have to do it on january 3rd you should do it every day Every day is proof of keys day. Yeah. yeah. If your funds are on exchange, they're not your funds. Period. Her claim, her claim on Bitcoin. That's all they are. And where are we at here? Told you a lot of shout outs. What's up, fellas? RHR has been a weekly staple for me 
for almost a year now, so this contribution is long overdue. Hard to express the value I get from RHR. You guys grind out pure signal every single week, and you do it with high doses of integrity, critical thinking, and respectful debate, all while keeping us laughing. I like that you guys are laughing. No script, no hidden agenda, no bullshit. That's so rare these days, even with the Bitcoin space to some degree, and it's very much appreciated. Also wanted to have you guys dox me a little bit on air in order to help me Start a meetup in my area. After Bitcoin 2021 and BitBlock <laughs> boom, I'm dying for more interaction with Bitcoiners. Lone Wolf in it up here in a small town, Iowa. I know it probably makes Matt cringe a little bit, but please let the freaks know to DM me if they're ever in Northwest Iowa area, uh, Sioux Falls, Fort Dodge, Omaha, and if they're down for a monthly meetup. I'm Eric Can't Meme on Twitter. That's at E-A-B-R-O-S-I-U-S at E-A-B-R-O-S-I-U-S. Appreciate you both and all the freaks out there. Cheers. Well, thank you for the Cheers, extremely Frank. kind words. And if you're a freak in the Northwest, Ohio, excuse me, Iowa region, uh, consider meeting up with Eric to talk about Bitcoin. 100%. I, uh, I'm very flattered that you guys... Love your freak. Some of you freaks get value out of this. Maybe, maybe some... I think there are some freaks out there who just rage listen because they hate uh, some of my views on things, but... It's nice to see that there's some out there that uh, that like stuff as well and get value out of it. That's what we're looking to do is bring value here. Satoshi writes, next shout out, Matt, next shout out. I'm reading a shout out. I'm not saying this. Um, Thank you for the clear delineation. Satoshi writes, there would be many smaller zombie farms that are not big enough to overpower the network and they could still make money by generating Bitcoins. Satoshi said that. Bitcoins. Did you hear that, Matt? The more smaller farms that resort to generating Bitcoins, the higher the bar gets to overpower the network, making larger farms also too small to overpower. It's so they may have a well, may as well generate Bitcoins too. Even if a bad guy sure, does yeah. overpower the network, it's not likely he's instantly rich. To exploit it, he would have to buy something from a merchant, wait till it ships, then overpower the network and try to make his money back. I don't think he could make as much money trying to pull a carding scheme like that as he could be generating Bitcoins. With a zombie farm that big, he could generate more Bitcoins than everyone else combined. The Bitcoin network might actually reduce spam by diverting zombie farms to generating Bitcoins and s- instead. Excerpt from page 40 of the stage <laughs> from the book of Satoshi, Marty Wan, Odell Zero from Disco Toshi. Yeah, okay. Hey. It sounded horrible. It made no sense, Satoshi. I, if you're listening, <laughs> we would love to have you on the show. And uh, I hope you've reformed your views on the proper plurality of uh, Bitcoin. Don't talk to Satoshi like that. It's Bitcoins, bro. It makes no sense. Uh, outside Dying of the on the hill. Outside of the uh, the ongoing debate about the plural bitcoins, um, <laughs> the plural bitcoin is bitcoins. Uh, that that excerpt specifically, I, mean, I think it's it shows that Satoshi really understood the natural incentives of the network and was basically describing the probability of fifty one percent attacks and. Again, you can pull off a 51% attack, but like, how profitable is it after that? It is more profitable to just mine. Uh, that freak did not care about the excerpt on the 51%. That freak looked up what <laughs> excerpt had the most dense terms Bitcoins that Satoshi said and pasted it because of that. 100% didn't care about the actual contents of the excerpt. Well, I care about the contents of the excerpt. It's, it's That's a good fair. Excerpt. 
Satoshi understood the natural incentives. People are literally naturally incentivized to abide by the rules and not attack the network. They, you can make the argument will be more profitable at the end of the day in the long run. This is just a special thanks. This is another shout out, Matt. I'm reading a shout out. This is just a special thanks to our boys, Marty and Matt. The plebs appreciate all of you. Keep the fire alive. Also, quick public service announcement. Plebs should be going out, buying burner phones with cash and getting KYC free. Bitcoin at Bitcoin ATMs. Take advantage of the dip. You can accumulate a lot of clean sats very quickly. Use multiple phones and several ATM providers. Do this before it's no longer an option. Peace from a random pleb. Peace, random pleb. Good advice. It was very good advice. Uh, that was it for the shout outs. Very good shout outs this week, freaks. Is it ETH or F? I say ETH. I don't care. Ethereum, Ether, ETH. I don't know. I think I switch it up. Uh, yeah. Don't care. I say ETH. Not I'm, not, I'm not that. That's not a hill I'm going to die on. I will die on the yeah, hill. I'm, hill. I'm not, I'm not dying on the hill either. Yeah. Um, where are we here? Straight into software updates. Again, caveat with software updates. These are the latest versions of these software projects. Uh, if you're running these, uh, this software, you don't have to upgrade immediately. At least I don't think there's any critical bugs in any of the releases that we'll be uh, announcing right now. When they're critical, we'll mention it if we notice. Yes. Um, so these updates are available. Consider updating. Weigh the cost. Get feedback from other users. Jump into your downloads with PGP. Simple Bitcoin Wallet version 2.1.12 has been released. Matt, as Build always. from stores. As always, Sorry. Let, me, let me know if there's anything you want to highlight. Uh, nope, there's nothing. Blue Wallet has been all over the place this week. Blue Wallet version 6.2.7 has been released. If you're running Blue Wallet, consider upgrading to that version. Lightning Terminal version 0.5.1 Alpha has been released and what is this uh immortan i've never uh never seen this project immortan is the lightning implementation that is mobile focused and powers simple bitcoin wallet so they uh, tend to get updated together okay all right uh so that's up to version 0.2.4 if you're running that um so that's a pretty cool project to be honest it's 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 taking like uh uh, a first principles approach to lightning on mobile. So it's, it's only focused on trying to, you know, have the most reliable full node experience on lightning on mobile. Check it out. I can't believe I've never heard of it. I think Fiat Jaff is involved. Oh yeah. Fiat Jaff. And I'm not positive. I've actually got to check my DMS. Christopher Allen. Reach out blockchain to, commons yeah he reached out to me and he wanted me to uh ask me kindly if i would um highlight some of the work they've been doing and i think that it is i a, love blockchain commons they don't get enough uh yes they don't get enough love christopher if you're listening um i'm sorry i'm slow to getting to this but pulling Boomer it marty uh, how funny was the meme the freak made of you and the walker talking about <laughs> screenshots that was that was hilarious that was hilarious it was funny so earlier this month um chris Brown and the team at blockchain commons launched the latest version of gordian seed tool uh, it's version 1.2 it's now available on ios and mac app stores uh and they put out a new post about the latest qr 
air-gapped QR reference app to demonstrate and exercise a number of their interoperable wallet standards using QR codes. So that's one of the things the um, the uh, blockchain commons has been working on is a standard for QR codes uh, across Bitcoin wallets. And that's some um, very important work. Um, I will link to this stuff in the show notes. And then also they're working on sharded secret key reconstruction, um, calling SSKR. Uh, it's a way for users to easily shard a cryptographic secret, giving you some options for seed reconstruction and improved resilience against theft or loss. So they're working on these tools. Uh, I, I agree with Matt. They don't get enough coverage. We should probably be giving them more coverage here. And that was my effort to do that. Have you had him on the show? No, I need to get him on. I've, I've asked him to come on. He's always like, uh, oh, we're working on something. I'll come on when that's finished. It's, yeah, I wanted to get him on dispatch. Yeah. Um, he doesn't get enough press time. No, he doesn't. Christopher, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the show. It's a fully donation-backed project. Yeah. Open sats. Go donate. Open sats, consider. We are considering it. We're moving very slowly. Apologies, freaks. You're telling me. We'll get it. We'll get it up. We'll get it up in two weeks. Trademark. Uh, We have two more stories left. Uh, What is Blockchain Commons website? Give me a sec. I'm only operating on one screen, so. It is. It's either probably blockchaincommons.com or .org. Remember the good old days of the internet where you could just type what you wanted and then put .com at the end and it just usually just hit whatever you wanted? Funnyjunk.com, blockchaincommons.com. Commons. Well, there's a support page on there. Go support them or don't. You do you. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Yeah. Um, So be aware. Be aware about that. Uh, a couple stories I wanted to talk about. I threw on the list at the end here. Um, just got a random text from somebody. Every financial advisor I talk to is big into crypto. Who, who sent me this text? Still early. Still early. Still very early. They're big into crypto. They're they're missing. It's a top signal. That was the follow up text. Maybe it is. I don't know if we're hitting the top yet, but we'll see with all this regulatory scrutiny. Maybe it could create a top. Uh. That's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about carbon credit credit cards, car- carbon limit credit cards. So obviously the topic of ESG and this monetary reset and this cattle herding of individuals into a central bank digital cuckbuck system, which uh, basically dictates how much money you have, how quickly you have to spend it, who you can spend it with, um, and a bunch of other things. Uh, they're going to embed a social credit score system into this most likely i mean these officials are coming out and saying this uh, in public so it's, it's not like conspiracy theory like the great reset build back better they're trying to do it like it's not what some would deem a conspiracy theory these people are coming out and saying this straight to everybody's face this is what we want to build um part of that social credit score will be your your carbon impact on the economy and so there is a pilot program that was actually launched in 2019 by MasterCard in conjunction with, uh, I believe, a Swiss company or a Swedish company, uh, and they created this <laughs> economy card. What are you laughing at? You just triggered two whole countries. But continue. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Uh, just it interchangeable. It doesn't matter. One of the, one of those guys. Yeah, essentially. So it launched in 2019. <laughs> it's a 
uh, credit card that basically tracks your spending and tries to calculate your the, the carbon impact of your spending, giving each item a, a carbon emission score. And then if you reach your carbon limit on this card, you, you're literally not allowed to spend. You have a, sorry, you've reached your carbon limit. You can't spend any more money on this card. Uh, and I think it's been getting a lot of attention in recent weeks. I think the the partnership came out and said they, they aim at using this product to create a standard that can be adopted by others globally. And so this is sort of a minimum viable product, proof of concept of a way in which these uh, limiting uh, spending uh, restrictions will be, will be added to the central bank digital cuckbuck wallet. Uh, and they're already trying- to like sell it as like a feature and then, yeah, where you can like adjust your carbon limit yourself, right? And then it'll and it becomes a standard. And the normalization around this is pretty crazy. How it's starting to creep up. Afrika tweeted a picture, a screenshot. It was it was like a Boomer Uncle Marty screenshot of his cell phone taking a picture of uh, Google Flights. And if you go on Google Flights, you can filter by uh, by carbon emissions for flights. And it's funny, Spirit has the lowest carbon emissions and it's not because they're doing anything funny and the efficiency of their engines or using less gas. It's just, they cram so many fucking people into these planes <laughs> <laughs> that like, so they get, a low, they get a low carbon uh, score for airlines and the futures are just going to have to make your, your flight more and more uncomfortable um, moving forward. You, you took a picture of Google flights with your phone that was on your computer. And then you, uploaded it to your computer and then sent out the newsletter from your computer is what you did, right? It wasn't me. A freak took the, I, I took the, freak. Oh, okay. I downloaded the freaks screen. You took a picture of the freaks picture of the, no, no, I downloaded it. <laughs> I downloaded okay. it. Congrats. Impressive. <laughs> I don't know. No, yeah, yeah, I agree though that it does seem like it's coming. I mean, and you can mix it with uh, vaccine status as well. Um, there's some things you can do with like location history. Have you been to like a lot of bars lately? Have you been to, um, maybe cities that aren't, are non grata or whatever? Yeah. Like uncouth cities, uncouth towns. Were you Um, hanging out in Florida? Were you hanging out in Florida or Texas? It could get dark very quickly. (laughs) Cut. And right now, like. People have the option to spend cash, but cash usage is diminishing. It's already kind of suspicious if you try and spend a large amount of cash. Um, so as cash usage declines and gets discouraged more by governments, um, this kind of reality becomes darker. And Bitcoin offers a way out if we use it with privacy best practices. Because um, you can... I one of the things that they're going to use for the social credit score is going to be Bitcoin surveillance data um, and probably KYC data too. Like if you're a Bitcoiner, I mean, you've automatically already run out of your carbon credits, right? Like you're like Marty doesn't, Marty's not going to be able to uh, use any traditional financial tools because he's just evil. He's just burning up the world over there with his uh, great American mining. So Janet, China, don't yell at me too hard, honey. We're actually helping to reduce methane emissions, not that. No, the, that logic doesn't uh, matter. No. So. Well, logic doesn't matter. Logic, first principles, uh, common sense, 
uh, obvious facts don't matter. Nothing matters in the clown world. The clown world that we live in. Build back better. We're going to build back better. We're going to give you your, your carbon limit credit card. We're going to tell you that you can't go to a Palm Beach because the, the governor of Florida isn't, isn't falling in line with the Build Back Better crew. <sighs> on the bright side, on the bright side, your credit card is already a tool of control and surveillance. So at least now it'll be more obvious to people and it'll wake some people up. Yeah, on the bright side. And Bitcoin fixes this. They can't do this. Bitcoin has no idea. Bitcoin fixes it if you use it uh, in a sovereign correct. way. The correct way, yes. Um, bah, 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 bah. What else did I have here? Last on the list, uh, the UK is currently experiencing crazy uh, increases in natural gas prices. Uh, I think they've fallen into the European trap of combination of things, the decommissioning of these reliable energy uh, facilities coupled with growing demand from China and Russia playing hardball with their natural gas resources. Uh, it is inciting a, a collapse of utilities companies, particularly natural gas utilities companies in the UK, which is cascading into extremely high electricity prices for the uh, citizens of the United Kingdom, and the, the countries within the United Kingdom. And I think it's just another similar to Evergrande and the uncertainty around that. This is another, I don't even know if it's a black swan or, but something that many didn't have on their radar is popping up is causing some uh, legitimate problems for the electricity markets in the United Kingdom. I think something like 1.5 million people are being affected by, uh, were being served by these utilities companies that are going under because they weren't able to hedge their natural gas price exposure. And, and it, the, the prices are simply too high for them to, to purchase and then resell uh, profitably to, to the market. Um, so just again, Reliable, cheap energy is something that's important for humanity uh, if you want to succeed. So, sounds like such a basic comment, but it's uh, very controversial. It is very controversial, um, but uh, that'll be something to pay attention to as we as we uh, venture into fall and winter, and, and demand for natural gas increases as people want to warm their homes. Um, hopefully we can at least pray for a mild fall and winter so the demand doesn't get to such a point where it gets to a to a crisis period but mother earth may not uh, may, may not play ball with us that's all i got it was a good rip it was a very good rip felt like the old i got days. nothing what felt like the old days where we were just like dense dense high quality i mean it's all high quality I don't know why I said the old day. Like you said, sometimes Ninja Launch. I thought it was high quality. We have uh, our peaks and troughs. It's consistency. It's key. That's what I thought. It's just consistency. You, we can't control the news. We can't control what's going on, on outside of us. It comes to us and then inspires good content or pretty good content. You look tired, man. You okay? I'm, exa I'm exhausted. Look it. Um, I'm exhausted, but uh, life's good. No complaints. Well, I have some. Not no no complaints. Life's good. Grateful. And uh, I don't know. The Bitcoin volatility is always fun. Yeah, apparently there's a price pump during this episode. 
it's always like you're like we like i went on to twitter you know over the like the last week and the panic is just you always have the mix of the panic and then you have the mix of the people like i just bought the dip yeah i will never i will never sell or whatever and it's it's, it's uh just get away from the charts. get away from the charts freaks like full time yeah, it's, it's fun for shit posting you know it, it is fun Full-time Bitcoin, he has some breaking news as well. Uh, probably something we should have been paying attention to. Uh, Jerome Powell led an FOMC meeting this afternoon. It looks like those snippets from that meeting are coming out. Uh, a report just came out and it seems like tape, they're posturing that tapering may be appropriate soon, uh, but nothing, no action will be taken at this moment. So That like, means increasing rates? Yes, and... Tapering. You're never going to increase rates. Well, keep- so there's a, there's, I mean, the debate in the economics realm right now, uh, taper has been on the table all summer. It's been like posturing. We're going to taper. We're going to taper. We're going to taper. Now you have Evergrande happening, markets crashing this week, particularly during this FOMC meeting. People thought they were going to announce tapering today. Obviously it seems like they uh, did not announce that. They would, cra- they would crash the markets if they did it. Well, that's the thing. Like they, they would taper. So they have tapered before. They started tapering in like 2015, 2016. They like barely did. Yeah, barely did. So tapering would be an increase of rates and a reduction in the uh, purchases of assets. Um, not even Never a reduction, happen. but like a, an unwinding of that that position on their balance sheet uh, to a certain extent. Um, but yeah, they, they, so the... the scuttlebutt in the economics realm is they need to taper a certain amount like they need to push rates up 25 50 bips whatever it may be just so they can take them lower again like they, they need to create ammo for themselves in the future so no, you just release you release the cbdcbs you restrict cash usage and you go negative agreed and then you go after bitcoin when you realize everyone's escaping to bitcoin yeah they're speeding up. They're speeding up. They're getting sloppy. And this, this globally coordinated, whatever it is, is very obvious that there is some coordination efforts to force people into these central bank digital cuck bucks. We are in the middle of monetary reset. And it seems like those in power and those who want to cattle herd us into that digital panopticon are getting nervous they are uh, sensing some urgency and, and with that urgency I, it seems like they're getting sloppy as well and so keep fighting the good fight freaks uh, shout out to any freaks in australia in melbourne or north south wales where um people are Get hitting the fuck the out and i'll be like yeah it's insane like what's going on over there like it's all for your safety they're gonna beat the shit out of you for your safety get back in your pod so you can stay it's safe. Fucked up. Canada, same thing. Keep fighting, freaks. Keep stacking. Keep spreading these messages. We are going to win. Have confidence, too. Things are crazy out there. The macro landscape is a total shit show. There could be a looming uh, cataclysmic, cataclysmic uh, global financial crisis. But let's use this as an opportunity uh, for the Great Reset and, and usher that in. A view of the future that is built on a distributed monetary network uh, that that favors the individual and self sovereignty over top down state diktat. Let's get away from that. It's time. Love you all. Protect your family, and stay humble. Stack sets. Peace and love, freaks. <laughs>